Let's look at some fantastic stuff here. Okay, we were looking last time, we are looking at the book of Ezra. Ezra, if you just think of this, Ezra picks up right at the tail end of when Nebuchadnezzar took over, which would be, uh, oh, oh, let's see, that's at the end of Chronicles. Chronicles means it was a record-kept history. You notice it's clipped off here, but First and Second Kings and First and Second Samuels. First Kings, it was just a volume, volume one. Kings 1 through 10, whatever you say, it was actually King 1. It was David, all of that. And then picking up in 2 Kings, it picks up with the rest of them. Chronicles, it's amazing. And the reason we have Chronicles 1st and 2nd and 1st and 2nd here is because these were other books that they found. I mean, the nation had got taken over. You'd have thought they lost everything, but they were exiled. And when you're exiled, it wasn't like they were blown to smithereens. And Nebuchadnezzar took the best of the court people and the best of some of these other princes and whatever. And then the, what, he selected who he wanted and he hauled them off to Babylon. He also left King Zedekiah there. And I'm just quoting what, what, what is written there. Oh, he put King Zedekiah and then Zedekiah ran to Egypt and wanted to, to try to revolt again against Nebuchadnezzar and Jeremiah was trying to say don't do that you keep your deal with Nebuchadnezzar and you'll live but he wouldn't do it he struck a deal with Egypt which didn't work and Nebuchadnezzar came back down again and wiped out Jerusalem and that was the end of it and then now is when you have Daniel Shadrach Meshach and Abednego and Daniel Shadrach Meshach and Abednego he tells you these were young men right out of the uh, area of the Jewish uh, anyway the Jews the original kingdom, whatever. But anyway, what I'm saying is those documents went too. It wasn't like, well, I didn't keep my law off. Oh, power just zapped. My computer's gone. They had all these records. Okay, so uh, I want to pick up with Ezra. When we Now, they're on their way back. God had told them, Jeremiah had said, you're only going to be gone 70 years and you're coming back. And like we looked at in the book of Daniel, Daniel, Gabriel showed up and said, you're going back. You know, praise the Lord. Daniel was praying that we would go back. So Daniel was obviously probably in his 50s or 60s or whatever, and uh, uh, if he was 20 years old when Nebuchadnezzar came through. So here we go. This is Ezra. And so Ezra is now, uh, he's on his way back. He's been commissioned by the king of Persia to build the temple. Okay. The book of Ezra, you could think of it, I do, is build the temple back. The book of Nehemiah, which is next, they overlap was just build a wall around the city. Okay, and was, we hear a little short stories about it, and we don't really get much details. You're going to see details here. So here we are at Ezra chapter 7. Let me close this. Notice this. Here's the genealogy of Ezra, who traveled from Babylon to Jerusalem during the reign of somebody, okay, the king of Persia. Well, we know, oh yeah, Persia. This is not mythological. These guys were there. Uh, this guy is referenced in... Uh, now, I want to say it was referenced in Esther, but I don't think he it is. It's, that's King Ahasuerus. But anyway, it was all the same time. For that. That's the reason, reason Esther, Esther follows this book. Uh, it's, it's, all, it's all during that time that they lost their kingdom. Okay. Now, remember, we're eventually getting to a kingdom, and what kingdom is that? Jesus. So all of this stuff is so cool because it's kingdom, 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 kingdom. And these prophets were saying, you know, you need to, you're going to lose your kingdom. But occasionally they would say something about God's going to bring this back. Daniel even was told, the angel said the anointed one's going to take over. He's going to be there and then he's going to be cut off, which the Living Bible says he'll be killed. And I'm like, 
the anointed one killed, and it was it gave a date and time, and that was and I looked at my notes that were in the in the scriptures there, and that was where they were pointing. It was the exact same time when Jesus died on the cross. And I thought, praise the Lord, this stuff is just so easy. Okay. So Ezra's coming back. Now, who is Ezra? Okay. Here's his genealogy. Okay. Uh, Ezra was the son of Sariah. Sariah was the son of Azariah. Azariah is the son of Hilkiah. Hilkiah, anyway, Hilkiah was just one of the high priests. Well, all these guys were priests. So Ezra, we now know, is a priest. Okay. But anyway, uh, it's interesting enough, when, when you look at the, when you see Hilkiah right here, is uh, that's um, Jeremiah's, oh, Azariah's, Jeremiah's brother. So you think it was hard when they put the Bible together? No, it wasn't hard. They had these documents and stuff, and they go, oh, well, this fits with that, and this fits with this. And, and it was, I picked that up on my own. I didn't go, I'm going to Google. I wouldn't trust Google today for anything. Will I die if I get a mosquito bite? Google, yes, you will die tomorrow. <laughs> you know, you can't trust that kind of stuff, but you can trust the scriptures. Okay, anyway, I'm not going to go through this list, but it's interesting to note that we have a list because these were not fairy tales. So let's pick up on the last thing. All the way, he was the son of 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 the... Remember, you can't be a priest unless you're a son of what? A son of Aaron. You had to be a son of Aaron. Okay? The chief priest. As a Jewish leader, Ezra was well-versed in Jehovah's laws, which Moses had given the people of Israel. He asked to be allowed to return to Jerusalem, and the king granted his request. Now, how did that happen? Man, listen, he just like Nehemiah... In the next book, prayed about this. They were won't. He's high priest. That's the reason. Now we have preachers today. And this is it's crazy. They don't. You know, if you know, you should practice what you preach. But it's not about being good. It's uh, it really. This is what's. Are you kidding me? I did not want to fly to Washington D.C. I was already having thoughts. Airplanes are going to crash. <laughs> and what do I got to do? I got to practice what I preach. You know. And I, I wanted to preach not because I thought I'd look cool, but because I believe this. And that's the reason I preach. But, but we have made it today. Take a pill for this. Take a pill for that. Take a, Oh, you need help with the Lord? Hire a preacher or whatever. And no such thing as hiring a preacher. God is real. He's in your life. It's a total different way of looking at it. So anyway, he was well-versed in the Bible. Okay. He has to be allowed to uh, go to return to Jerusalem, and the king granted his request. Well, yeah. <laughs> Remember, they lost their kingdom. You think you're going back to that hot spot? Well, boy, they did, man. Remember, it was fantastic. They got to go back. For the Lord God was blessing him. Wow, the same thing for us today. Many ordinary people, as well as the priests, Levites, singers, gatekeepers, and temple workers travel with him. They left Babylon in the middle of March in the seventh, in the seventh year of the reign of... So we have dates and markers here. Okay. And they arrived at Jerusalem in the month of August. So, wow, look at that. It took them from March to August to get there. And I think Babylon was up north. It was, if you, if you know the Holy Land, let's say the Holy Land's like this, a vertical like Alabama or something like this, or Mississippi being the Mediterranean. Babylon was way over here somewhere. It was up high. It's really Iraq is where it is. <clears throat> so it took them, I mean, they didn't ride no trains, no planes, nothing like that. So it took them March to August. So it took them about four months to get there. Okay, they arrived at Jerusalem in August, for the Lord gave them, look at that, a good trip. And you can bet that's what I was counting on when <laughs> I was fixing to fly. I said, Lord, you're going to give me a good trip because I read this. Hallelujah. Glory. Now, remember, this was lots of people. Again, sometimes we think God singles us out, and he'll bless everybody else, but he's not going to bless us for some reason. 
And there are a lot of people here, and he blessed every one of them. While I was in Washington this week, I was reading the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel was in this time frame. The last 10 years of the kingdom and during the 70 years, that's when Ezekiel was. The Lord told him, and he, when he was saying, Jerusalem's had it. They've been throwing their kids to the fire. They worship these idols. I've had it. I'm disgusted with it. Jerusalem's going to be torn to pieces. And the Lord said this. Now think about what we can know from this. The Lord says, I don't care if Noah's there. I don't care if Job is there. I don't care if Daniel's there. That city's going down. Well, now wait a minute. God just acknowledged in Ezekiel, Daniel and Job and Noah. That's the reason it became part of the book. Not to mention, it was historic. It was written down as a document, times, dates, and whatever. And, uh, but now, God didn't, in that setting, it was kind of cool. He said he, was gonna, he would take care of Job, and he'd take care of Noah, and he'd take care of uh, well, the other Daniel during that time frame. But he didn't care if they were there. <laughs> what they have done, turning their back on God, was horrible, and Jerusalem was going down for a time, and then they were coming back. But I thought that was neat. I thought, whoa, now I know why Ezekiel plays such a big part. And Ezekiel just endorsed Daniel and Noah and uh, uh, whoever the other one was, Joe. <clears throat> okay, so anyway, they got here in, uh, in August. Okay, this was because Ezra had determined to study and obey the laws. of uh, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All of these things be added unto you. I thought he just kind of kissed up to the king. No, he didn't. Man, he loved the Lord. Anyway, King, uh, king Art, we'll call him, presented this letter to Ezra the priest, the student of God's commands. Okay, look what he did. Uh, uh, anyway, so from uh, Artesis, the king of, uh, of kings, to Ezra the priest. All right. The teacher of the laws of God of heaven. Okay. I decree that any Jew in my realm, including priests and Levites, may return to Jerusalem. I and my council of seven... Hereby instruct you to take a copy of God's laws and send them back, uh, uh, send a report of the religious project, uh, the religious progress being made there. We also commission you to take the silver and the gold. So, they, I mean, boy, the king was giving them the silver and gold. This was the stuff that Nebuchadnezzar had taken years before, 70 years, shall we say. Moreover, you're to collect the voluntary temple offerings of silver and gold and all this stuff. The funds are to be used primarily for the purchase of this. I mean, notice Ezra didn't come up with this. The king came up with this and said, you're going to do this. So do you see the hand of the Lord just saving your life, bringing it all back? Praise the Lord. Anyway, and take the gold and the, and the bowls and the other items we're giving you for the temple of your God at Jerusalem. If you run short of money, hey, I'm a little low today. Well, heads up, listen to this. You may requisition funds from the royal treasury. Now, who's behind this? You know, everything's criminal. Oh, yeah. The mafia, oh please, don't worry about the mafia, don't worry about criminals. Whew. You just focus on one thing, you and Jesus, that's all you need to be concerned about, and everything else is going to be taken care of. He says, I, the king, send this decree. Now remember, they had this decree because it was written down, these were not bozo kingdoms. This guy here ruled the world. Okay, uh, I send this decree to all the treasures in the province west of Euphrates River. Here's another interesting point. We hear people go, well, I just don't know why that church would put all that money in that church. I used to hear people complain about, uh, you know, uh, Myrna's church where she's at now, First Baptist. Why? They just, they could have given that money to the homeless. 
they take care of the homeless. There's nothing wrong with beautifying these places. I was in Union Station, Washington, D.C., just yesterday, and that place is glorious. Why wouldn't the house of the Lord, or even as we have in America, our church, why wouldn't they be beautified? It's, it's wonderful. It's a great expression. God's not going to go broke. And believe me, once you create something, or if you gave all that money to the poor, guess what you're going to have the next morning? The poor. They're still going to be there, you know. Well, we helped the poor out, but praise the Lord. Look at what's happening here. He didn't say, oh, when you get there, help the poor there. I guarantee you that's not what would have happened. But watch what this leads up to. Look what he says. He names all this 200,000 in silver, bushels of wheat, gallons of wine. Ain't no drinking there. Well, apparently there is. Okay, and whatever else God of heaven demands for his temple. Wow, look what he says next. Why should we risk God's wrath against the king and his sons? Wow. It's like Melody's testimony last week. You know, she was talking about her throat was hurting, you know, and she was going to give to the Lord, you know, she said, and was going to give a certain amount. She said, well, I'm going to give a little more because he helped me out with my, I mean, you, you, you want to bless the Lord because what he's done for you. And these guys are saying, well, I don't believe in, I'm not a praying man. That's not what this king said. Boy, he believed in God. If, if you remember Nebuchadnezzar, and he read this because it's in Daniel chapter 3. No, Daniel 4. Nebuchadnezzar sent out a worldwide document saying, I blew it. I got big-headed. I had a dream. Scared me crazy. Daniel came in there and said, King, I'm so sorry this is going to happen to you. But let me explain what's going to happen in that dream. Anyway, Nebuchadnezzar said, well, let it be. And that's when Nebuchadnezzar lost his mind for seven years. Went outside grazing like a cow. But God gave him back his kingdom after seven years. And Nebuchadnezzar says, I have said this a million times, but there's only one God. You know, He said that right after Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego got delivered. He said, man, I'm telling you, there ain't but one God can deliver like this. Anyway, wonderful stories. And today, people don't even read the book of Daniel because we don't know where it is and we think it's mythological. We were told that. Oh, the Bible's a myth. It's history. Complete history. And it's laid out, those books between the New Testament and the last Chronicles, 1st, 2nd Chronicles and Kings, those smaller books were those guys that were working during that time frame. It's real easy. Real easy. And while you read those miniature books like Haggai, He'll tell you, I was there when King so-and-so was there. And you go, oh, God. Now you'll know why King Haggai was saying, if you don't cut this out, Nebuchadnezzar's going to clean the house. And all of a sudden, you'll read a little snip about, there'll be a sign. He'll be born in Bethlehem. And you'll go, that's Jesus. Praise the Lord. Just in the middle of that little book. Malachi. Right before Matthew. You would have no idea how to understand Malachi if you didn't know what I'm talking about here. Malachi's hands on his hips. You guys, if you guys don't start remembering the Lord, you're going to lose your life. And they were saying, well, what good is it to serve the Lord? And, uh, and that's when Malachi comes in and says, well, it's like the tithe. You don't think there's anything to it. But I tell you what, you give and the windows of heaven are opened up. More than you can imagine. Pour it out on you. That's why that was written. Because they were saying, well, what good is it to serve the Lord? What good is it? And he had to get all over. Okay, back to Ezra here. So anyway, <clears throat> uh, let's see. Okay, so why should we risk something against the, uh, uh, the king? I mean, yeah, against the king and his son. So the king obviously knew that the, the God of the Jews was going to help. I also decree that no priest, Levite, choir member, gatekeeper, temple attendant, and other workers shall be required to pay taxes of any kind. Well, that's another blessing. Wow. And you, Ezra. 
You're supposed to use the wisdom of God, what, to set up judges and stuff? Remember, this place was a wreck. And anyway, he was just saying, I'm putting you in charge. Praise the Lord. He said, also, if they're not familiar with the laws of God, you teach them. Anybody refusing it, well, just wipe them out. <laughs> anyway, we praise the Lord for the God of our ancestors who made the king want to beautify the temple of the Lord. See, there it is. It was the Lord. And praise God for demonstrating such loving kindness to me and honoring me before the king and the council of seven and before all his mighty princes. Wow. So you should expect that too. I was given great status because the Lord God was with me. Oh, and we, we don't have that today. Yes, you do. The Lord's with you. Greater is he that's in you than he is in the world. Okay, let's go to the next chapter. Uh, the next chapter here. Whoops, I skipped one here. Uh, these are the names of the genealogies of the leaders that accompanied me from Babylon. Wow, there you go. Daniel. He came back to. Now, I'm not going to read all this, but here's the list of them. List, 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 list. Notice the counts. 60, 70. Anyway, and, of course, they arrived at the other side of the river here, and I think I covered that last week. Uh, let's see. I'll get to this point here. It says, I declared a fast while we were at that river so that we would humble ourselves before God. We prayed that, what, he would give us a good journey and protect us and our, uh, and our goods as we traveled. Remember, they were rich. For I was ashamed to ask the king for soldiers and cavalry to accompany us and to protect us from the enemies along the way. This is Ezra chapter uh, 8. Look what it said. After all, we had told the king our God would protect all those who worship him. Now, where do you get that from? It's 50-50. You never know what God's going to do. That's not the Bible I read. The Bible I read, he'll protect you. I remember when Abraham, he was in the Holy Land, okay? He got there from after... He came down from the Chaldeans, and there was a famine in the land. This is in, uh, anyway, it's Genesis 12, 13. It's, well, it's 13. So he travels down into Egypt, and he told his wife what? Hey, by the way, you're a knockout. Just tell him you're my sister. Remember that? Okay. So sure enough, Pharaoh says, hey, I want you to be my wife. Well, then, boy, the Lord speaks to Pharaoh and says, you're in trouble, because that girl's married. So Pharaoh, what does he do? He sends him out under armed escort. So now Abraham's got to go back into the promised land. And anyway, and there were fights breaking out with his nephew Lot and uh, Abraham's herdsmen. And he said, and the scripture says they were fighting each other. And then the Philistines were trying to fight too. And they're like, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? But anyway, God spoke to Abraham and said, I'll protect you. And that's the reason we hear it. And again, God says it again in the 15th chapter of Genesis. I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. And Abraham goes... What good is that if I don't have any kids? But that we get two takeaways from that. One, there's more blessings. But the other thing is you've got protection. And, you know, and, and the other thing you said there, I'm thy shield and you're exceeding great reward. Wow. We prayed God would protect us. And in that disaster uh, would come only to those who had forsaken him. Look at this. So we fasted. We begged God to take care of us. Look at that. And he did. Wow. All right. So anyway, they got there, and I think we covered this last week, but I want us to get going. Okay, so they, they got there. Now, here we go. Now, this book, notice what happens here. This is the ninth chapter, uh, then the tenth chapter, and then look, bingo, it's over. Now, I'm going to show you what happened in the ninth chapter and the tenth chapter. You'll be amazed, just like me. I didn't get this at preacher school. I got it doing what I knew the Lord wanted me to do when I gave my life to Jesus. Read the book. Read the book. Read the book. I know why the Baptists didn't cover this. Because this sort of wrecks their little world, okay? This ruins what they're trying. They're trying to muffle the truth. But we know the truth, so it doesn't hurt us. We know what's going on. 
Look at this. Now, this is the last two chapters out of only a 10-chapter book. But remember, it's history. So look what happened in history. And just let your wheels of your mind be turning. And uh, I'm not even going to tell you what's going to happen. Watch this. Some of the Jewish leaders came to me to tell me that many of the Jewish people, and even some of the priests, church people, you know, that work there, pastors, whatever, taken up the horrible custom, what? Of heathen people who lived in the land. The Canaanites, Hittites, Perizzites, Jebusites. See, we're familiar with that. Okay, these groups, Alabama, Auburn, Mississippi State, whatever. Okay, that's what's going on. Don't you ever marry an Auburn person. You know, <laughs> that's what's going on here, okay? Now we understand, okay? Ammonites, Moabites, Egyptians, Amorites. Now don't forget, uh, Moses married an Ethiopian woman. Remember that? He had an Ethiopian Okay, but watch this. Now remember, who is Ezra? A high priest. He's going to start crying here in a minute. Watch this. What do you mean? The men of Israel had married girls from these heathen nations. What? Taking wives. Who cares? Well, obviously somebody cares. Well, we're going to we'll keep reading. I'm not going to tell you what I think. We're just going to read. That's, the Bible says preach the gospel. It didn't say, hey, preach whatever you want. Make up stuff. That's what's happening today. Preach the Bible. Okay. So anyway, these guys, they married them. They took take them as wives for their sons. So the holy people of God, there's the thing you want to catch. The holy people of God were being polluted by these mixed marriages. The political leaders were some of the worst offenders. Now, mayor of our town, fine fellow you are. And then you look over here at the Jewish high priest, fine fellow you are. Everybody was guilty. Uh-oh, what are you going to do? And I do like to think of, you know, I see, our society, we are such touchy-feely, worry, you know, whatever. And I see so many times divorce recovery. I, a lot of, love hurts. It's just the way it goes. But we have to deal with it, you know. But you don't need to be dragging Jesus in it and saying, well, now you're going to hell because you, you tell your partner that divorced you. You didn't want to get divorced, but they divorced you. You're going to hell because you divorced me. The Bible's on my side. Well, wait a minute. Where'd that come from? You probably thought of that on your own. Wait a minute, watch this. When I heard this, I tore my clothes. Huh? I pulled my hair and my beard and sat down utterly baffled. Well, apparently Ezra wasn't guilty, but he's trying to figure out what to do. Or he could have been. Who knows? Then many of who feared the God of Israel because of this sin. Yeah, God told them don't do this. They sat with me until the time of the evening burnt offering. So here they are sitting there, and there's not two or three of them. The whole town is there. Remember, this is a group that came from Babylon. They're going, man, we are in such deep trouble. I finally stood before the Lord in great embarrassment. Then I fell down with my knees and lifted my hands to the Lord and cried out, Oh God, I am ashamed, and I blush to lift up my face, for our sins are piled up higher than our heads, and our guilt is boundless as the heavens. What guilt? What problem? Well, obviously, they thought this was a problem. And it was during their time frame. Okay? But anyway, verse 7. Excuse me. Our whole history has been one of sin. That's why our kings and our priests were slain and the heathen kings by heathen, and we were captured. See? So he gives the details here. All right. But now we've, but now we've been given a moment of peace, for you have permitted a few of us to return to Jerusalem. 
You've given us a moment of joy and new life in our slavery. Wow. We were slaves, but in your love and mercy, you did not abandon us. Instead, you caused the kings of Persia, you see the, the recap here, to be favorable to us. Boy, I'll say, they've given us their assistance in rebuilding the temple, but now we got this marriage problem. What do you think they're going to do? Well, I think it's great. I'd like to know today where's the outcry. <gasps> well, that's the reason I believe the reason the churches I went to didn't tell us this story. They all want to control stuff. You know, it's just, you, I appreciate my friends or whatever, just get out of the way. That's the best thing to do when you get a couple going through divorce. Just be there, be their friend, but get out of the way. Don't, I'm with the husband. I'm with the wife. You're going to, it's going to be hard, you know. Just be the friend. And now, God, what can we say after all this? Once again, we've abandoned you, broken your laws. The prophets warned us that uh, the land we would possess was totally defiled by the practices of these people living there. See, that's what happened. That's what ruined Solomon. Solomon had how many? A thousand wives. They ruined him. Not having a thousand wives, but they all had their own gods. Okay? From one end to the other, it's filled with corruption. You told us not to let our daughters marry their sons and not to let our sons marry their daughters and not to help those nations in any way. You warned us that if we would only follow this rule, we would become prosperous nation again. Anyway, so you see what they're going here. Remember, it's the 10th chapter. We're going to close. Watch this. All right. And after all this punishment to exile because of our wickedness, and now we've have been punished far less than we deserved. And even though you have let some of us return, we've broken your commandment again. We intermarried with these people who do these awful things. Surely your anger will destroy us now uh, until uh, not even uh, <clears throat> this little remnant escapes. You say, well, I don't know why they were saying. Look, they still believed what Moses said. And this was the reason. They're Listen, God singled out Israel for one reason. So that the focus of the world, remember the whole world wasn't going, you know, by golly, there is a God in heaven and his name is Jehovah. They didn't know who he was. God singled out Israel to show the world. That's all it was. And then when Jesus got here, see, we found out he extended that to all of us. But that was the purpose of this. And that was the purpose of this here too. Okay, because all of this intermarrying in other people, it was causing them to go after other gods. And you could see they were doing, they were still winding up this way. Oh, Lord God of Israel, you're a just God. What hope can we have if you give us justice uh, uh, here as we stand before you in our wickedness? Well, what are they going to do? Here's the last chapter. Look what they did. As I lay on the ground in front of the temple, weeping and praying and making confession, a large crowd of men, women, children gathered around me and cried. Wonder who these were? Well, they're part of those families, they're kids. Then somebody who never existed before. No, we have the names. Can you not imagine they had the names when the king of Persia gave you all this money? You had all this stuff to go build this temple. They had it. They, they, right, here's what they did. This guy named Shechaniah, the son of Jehiah, the clan of whatever. Okay, he came to me. Look, we've made a mistake. We've married these heathen women, but there's hope for Israel in spite of this. Oh, really? In the Bible Belt, there's no hope. Let's just stick with the word. Let's don't think about the Bible Belt. Let's watch this. For we agree before our God to... No, I'm cut the projector off. That's the way some people treat this. Jesus said, you know, if you divorce your wife, marry another, you commit to sin. Well, that's exactly what he said. 
What happened? For we agree before God to divorce our heathen wives. Now, this is so funny. You can't just search on this. You have to read the Bible to see this. Jeremiah chapter 3. Remember, he was during this time frame. Jeremiah was prophesying. He said, remember, there was two daughters. He called them. It's, it's still Israel, but he called them Judah and Israel. Two daughters. And they were playing the harlot. What he meant by that was Israel had given up on the Lord and was chasing after a new husband, which was their idols. Oh, we worship you. And the Bible says that God didn't have to go to rehab. God divorced Israel and her wicked sister, Judah. Well, God, did you go to rehab? What? Stop the rehab stuff. Hold on. I understand heartache and breaks and stuff like that and whatever. But Jesus is going to help you all the time. So just hold up on that. Okay. It's like I say, we, we, think, we think that's not in the Bible. That's because we've been reading it. You know, it's like that thing we were talking about. Things, some church I mentioned that, you know, is having to have a study on what we think's in the Bible. That's not in the Bible. This is, this, this is two dedicated chapters. That is, it's 10, be easy to do the percentile. 20% of the book of Ezra is dealing with divorce. Look at this. Here's what they did. We agree before God to divorce our heathen wives and to send them packing. What? No. You got to understand, these people... They're not heartless here. And they weren't kicking them out the door. And they also weren't broke either. And they weren't running from alimony. They took care of them. God took care of all of it. We'll follow your command and let's see what they did. All right. We'll follow your command and the others who fear God, for we will obey the laws of God. Well, I thought the law of God was don't divorce. Well, apparently not here. Gee. Take courage and tell us how to proceed in setting these things straight and we'll fully cooperate. Oh, Ezra stood up, demanded that the leaders of the priests and the Levites and the people of Israel swear that they would do as Shechaniah had said and they all agreed. Now remember here, we think the guys of the cloth are perfect. Oh, the man of the cloth. They were guilty too. And we're going to get the counts here. Then I went into the room of Jehonai in the temple and refused all food and drink. He's still fasting. Because this, I mean, can you imagine? Oh, how are we going to do this? We got families here. We're going to have to split up families. Oh, man. And plus they thought, oh, my goodness. God didn't want us doing this. But they all agreed. We're going to get a divorce. This proclamation, you mean, don't, don't let nobody know. It was a proclamation. They had to address this thing. Was made throughout Judah and Jerusalem. That everyone should appear in Jerusalem within three days. Gee whiz, don't you know this hit the newspaper? The leaders, elders, had decided that anyone who refused to be, uh, who refused to come would be disinherited and excommunicated? By golly, if you don't get a divorce, we're going to kick you out of church. Now, we never heard that before. <laughs> We've heard the other. You get a divorce, you're going to get kicked out. Now we're here and here. You better get a divorce or we're going to kick you out. Mercy. Look at this. Fairy tales, shall we say. No, it's not fairy tales. Okay, within three days, on the fifth day of December, now watch the time, all the men of Judah and Benjamin had arrived and were sitting in uh, the open space in the temple, and they uh, were trembling because of the seriousness of this matter. And look at this, it's pouring down rain, again. This is why we have little things like this to let us know, you know what, the Bible's real. There were three guys on crosses when Jesus died. He died between two thieves. One of them did say, 
why don't you just get us down from here? The other one over here did say, Lord, remember me in your kingdom. You know, these things happened, you know. Also the earthquake. Also when Jesus streamed out, he said, you know, uh, you know, Abba, Abba, whatever, Sabachthani, you know, and he, they, everybody thought, what's he doing? Anyway, I, the priest, I arose and I addressed them. I said, you've sinned. You've married heathen women, and now we're more deeply under God's condemnation than we were before. Confess your sin to the Lord your God and do what he demands. Separate yourselves. Wow. Now, if I ever thought anything was racist, this is it. Where's the outcry? Well, there ain't no outcry from the Lord. Wow. Then all the men spoke up and said, we'll do whatever you said. Now, notice this. This isn't something that could be done in a day or two. <laughs> yeah, that's right. For there are many of us involved in this sinful affair, and it's raining so hard we can't stand here much longer. Remember, they got their little kids here too, you know, pouring down rain. Let the leaders arrange for trials for us, divorce court. Everyone who has a heathen wife will come at the scheduled time with the elders and judges of his city. Then each case will... See, they, they figured this whole thing out. And remember, this was December 15th. Each case will be decided and the situation cleaned up, cleared up, and the fierce wrath of God will be turned away from us. And anyway, notice this. Yeah, somebody didn't like it. Only Jonathan, son of whoever, and this jazz guy, whatever his name, and the mesh guy and shab guy, they opposed the course of action. So this plan, uh, this was the plan that was followed. Some of the clan leaders and I were designated as judges. We began our work in December. We finished by the 15th of March. And guess what? Following this list of priests, <laughs> the following is a list of priests. Well, they were kicked out. They're no longer a priest anymore. No, they went right back to being a priest. Every, there's some singers. Look at the list. I mean, if you, if, if, I think we have this for several reasons, but one of the good reasons is, I mean, where's the outcry? Where's the, oh my God, your life's over with? Listen, it's all about Jesus. It's a personal savior. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him. It has nothing to do with your divorce or whatever. If, if divorce was it, then all we got to do is just say, look, don't, go find your original wife or whatever. Get back with her and you're guaranteed to go to heaven. That's got nothing to do with going to heaven. The following is the list of priests who married heathen wives. They vowed to divorce their wives and acknowledge their guilt by offering rams. Here they are. You can count them. Masa, Ezra, Jeb, they were the sons of, anyway, there's about 18 of them, I think. Anyway, the sons of this, the sons of that, the sons of that. Let's see, let's look at the list here. Of the singers, I'll never forget. I remember when Amy Grant, I was just in high school and college, and Amy Grant's a great Christian singer, and some people were saying, she's crossed over. You know, she's singing country songs. Well, I guess she's a loser now. And of course, ultimately, Amy Grant got a divorce. Well, she's doomed now, whatever. These guys are still singers. Divorce has got nothing to do with your relationship with Jesus. Should have everything to do with you and your prayers. You know, you find yourself in a tough situation, just pray. Just ask the Lord to help you. Anyway, here's a list. Look at this. Just the order. Oh, there was gatekeepers. That meant gatekeepers to the church. Guys, church people are guilty. Yeah, starting at the top. <laughs> the preachers, the singers, the gatekeepers. Here's the ordinary, and there was, I think, 87 of them if you count them out. The total of this is about 109. 109 divorces. Mercy. And, and like I say, 20% of the book of uh, Ezra. Wow. Anyway, 
Notice he goes this, 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 this. It says, each of these men had heathen wives by and many children by these wives. Now, what do you think you would have done if you were married to this bunch? Would you have kissed them goodbye and never were going to see them anymore? Most cases we see today when people have divorces, what? They still what? Still communicate. What do you think these guys did? I mean, come on. The point was, like I say, they just got back. They had completely lost God and they got their life back together. They had all this money. They were all supposed to rebuild the temple and start serving the Lord. That's when they found out, yikes, we're married to all these. Oh, they just thought they were going down the wrong path and they did this. So what's divorce got to do with it? Well, actually nothing, praise the Lord. What counts is Jesus. That's what's so important here. When you leave this right here, it goes right into it. We're going to stop. Nehemiah. And it gives you a date. And a king, king of Persia. And when Nehemiah came back, now he's going to come rebuild the wall. And this book is so short too. So short. Father, we just thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord. We just see real life. Praise the Lord. And if folks weren't feeling good, you'd heal them, praise the Lord, if they'd ask. And so if we're not feeling good, we know you'll take care of us. Well, if we're having trouble financially, obviously we see how you'll take care of us financially too, praise the Lord. And if it's some other problem, like all of a sudden, oh, this problem that they discovered with divorce or whatever, doesn't matter what the problem is, you will help us get out of it. And that doesn't leave anything left but for us to take notes so we can tell others what Jesus has done for us. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, amen, praise the Lord, amazing. Yeah, isn't it amazing? You